Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. My name is Sierra and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. From my crazy life to yours, it's time to share our experiences and get into those gritty details. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. Today we have Claire back. Hello. (laughs) And we're so excited to have her back. So if you listened to my last episode with Claire, you would know that we went over so much stuff. There was what is being trans? Well, I guess I should say Claire is a trans woman. Absolutely. (laughs) Proudly. Yes. (laughs) And uh, as I was saying last episode, we went over what is trans, the difference between drag and trans, Oh my gosh, there was so much stuff. Cross-dressing and trans. Cross-dressing and trans, yep. And uh, what to do if you think you are trans. And of course, Claire's own transition in her her 40s. So we are back today because a week after our last episode with her, she went in for the surgery. Right. (laughs) And when we when we say the surgery, I got this wrong like so many times during the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I kept saying the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, so what I went through is what's called a partial depth uh, penile inversion vaginoplasty. So that is basically taking the what you already have downstairs and rearranging it inwards to create a vaginal canal and labia and clitoris and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. So I went with partial depth. I believe we went into this because uh, the full depth required a lot of hair removal that was just outright torture. It wasn't going to happen. No, it, well, I mean, we tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was Not a bit it. much. So that was the surgery. When And often when trans women are talking about the surgery, that's the one they're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a few others, but for me, that was that was the one. And it's either, I mean, partial depth or quote-unquote full Well, there's depth, also or... just that you, you could opt for no vaginal canal. Oh. Uh, so it could just, you could just have a vaginoplasty. Right. Which would be labia and clitoris. Right. Okay. So if you don't plan on having any penetrative sex at all, at mm-hmm. least uh, in a vaginal canal, mm-hmm. uh, then you can opt for that as well. Oh, the more you know. Yeah. And that's why we do this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so what you wouldn't know about the recording of the last episode was Claire was getting ready for all of the pre-surgical phone calls and appointments and all of that kind of stuff. And we actually had to stop recording at one point because she got a phone call from one of her doctors needing results for different things. And Yeah, it was a bunch of scheduling and going over the, the expectations and kind of what I would need going into the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. The whole the two weeks, two to three weeks ahead of time. And, and I have to kind of rewind this a bit because it was all really quick. Yes. It was like, insane. So it was about two months from when I got a date to yeah. being on in surgery. Yeah. And it was at such a hectic time in my life because I had had to move. So find a place to move with me and my kitties and then like just get my poop in a group and... In the midst of all that, I yeah. got the phone call saying, hey, you've got to do this. Yeah. Uh, I did not want to turn it down because who knows when the next date no. would be. 
And it was also, we did mention this the last time, but it was right around our first brand ambassador shoot. And you were like, Sierra. And I was like, you have to do this. Yeah. Like, I'm not letting you say no because of me. So. <laughs> yeah, no. It, and that was kind of crushing as well because I did miss out on the second shoot. Yeah. It felt so, like I was so happy for all of the girls. Mm-hmm. But I was just sitting there in the wings kind of going, I don't want to be there. I know. <laughs> and that shoot was so fabulous. Like, yeah. I really have some fear of missing out going on there. <laughs> a little bit of, you know, envy. But regardless. So there was a bunch of things I needed to kind of go through. So just leading up to it, I had, I had everything set at work. I was set to talk to a social worker. I had talked to wound care nurses, a psychiatrist. And all of this was in preparation of heading down to the coast. So I had to go to... The surgery itself was performed at UBCH. But they, they're they like, we need you to go to Vancouver General right before the surgery, like within a couple days before, mm. to get some testing done. So blood testing and an ECG. And I'm like, are these not things I could do here and have them sent up there? No, like they have to be done like very close before the surgery. Yeah. My surgery was scheduled for a Monday. Mm-hmm. So the so I'm like, well, crap. Like, I <laughs> Nothing's spend... open on weekends right. to do that. So they're yeah. like, well, you can go to VGH on Saturday. And they'll, they'll there's the clinic there and they can do the blood and the uh, ECG. My bestie drove me down to Vancouver. We stayed uh, the, the weekend in a hotel. Saturday morning. I had to VGH. I have very loose instructions of where to go. Really loose. <laughs> it's a big hospital. And it's a big <laughs> hospital. I at least know the building. Yeah. So I'm searching through these back corridors and it's like stuff that it says staff only. I'm like, oh God, what am I doing here? I find the lab. Yeah. I go in. Everyone's looking at me like really strange. Like, what's this woman doing here? And I'm like, well, I'm here. I'm scheduled to have this blood work done and an ECG. They're looking at me very confused. They're like, well, we don't really have an ECG here in this lab. And blood work, okay, we'll take you over to this room. So they take me there. And it's like, this is where they stage all of the nursing staff that are doing blood work. So it's like this back room that's like loaded with all this equipment. And in the middle of it is like a pallet of stuff, just boxes. (laughs) And this nurse looks very perturbed. She's very put out. She's like, what is all this stuff doing here? And I can see there's the the chair where they want me to sit and do the blood. And she's just choked. She's like, I'm going to go find someone to move this. <laughs> Wait here. So I'm waiting in this room for like 15, almost 20 minutes. I'm yeah. like, what is going on? I could have like st- like robbed them blind of yeah. all the blood stuff. You could have like, taken your own blood. I could have done. Oh god, I could have done it like ten times over. Yeah. And so finally, she comes back. She's like, "Okay, come with me," and we go to another room. And she sits me down in there. This is kind of a private office. It looks like with a blood drawing chair. Mm. So I sit there, and again, I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Another twenty minutes go by, and she comes back. She's like, "Okay, we can do the blood," and they proceed to do the blood. She's like. But we can't do this ECG. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? This has to be done before I go for surgery. I need a vagina. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, my surgery is scheduled for like 8 in the morning. I have to be at the hospital at 6. Like, yeah. this is not a thing that's going to happen last minute. Mm-hmm. They need these results. They're like, well, maybe you could go to the emergency room. And they can do it there. Oh, 
God. <laughs> All right, I say. So I head to emergency. I get to the triage nurse. I'm like, so they've sent me over here to have this ECG done. Okay, they say to me. I'm like, yes. Yeah. So I wait. I wait for the, the first intake nurse to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like a good long time. And finally, they take me in. And she's like, we don't do that here. Like, you're not a, like, we would have to intake you as a patient to do any kind of work like that. And this is like the head of the triage nurses going like, no, 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 we don't do this. Yeah. And then like two of the other nurses are like, let's just do it. <laughs> like, we'll just do it. I'm yeah. like, okay, please. Thank yeah. you. Desperate times, man. Right. Yeah. And they're like, because they're so confused too. They're like, why are they doing this this way? Why yeah. did they send you here? Why didn't they send you to uh, UBCH? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just following the instructions I was given. Please take my ECG. Finally, it was like five hours. That's ridiculous. In ER to get oh all of this God. taken care of. Yeah. So that's all done, finally. Mm-hmm. Now, then we have the day before surgery, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful day of bowel prep. So I don't know if you've ever done a surgery. Not like that. <laughs> right. Well, so they need you to make sure that your bowels are evacuated. So mm-hmm. that there's, you're not going to have any accidents while mm-hmm. you're under the, uh, under the gas. And so this requires um, the whole day before, so from midnight Saturday morning to 6 a.m., actually to to midnight Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. or Monday morning, sorry. Mm -hmm. So Sunday morning all the way through, so 24 hours, all you can eat is clear fluids. Right. So you can have stock, you can have apple juice, stuff like that. Yeah. And then you're required to take this, it's like a... A four liter jug with this powder. You fill it up, mm-hmm. you give it a shake, and you throw it in the fridge. And every 15 minutes, you're supposed to drink a cup of this stuff. Oh, God. And this is like a heavy duty laxative. Yeah. Like clean you right the hell out. And you're supposed to drink the whole thing. Uh... I got about halfway through, and at this point, all I'm pa- like, I've got clear water coming out my butt. Yeah. You poor thing. Right? I'm like, I'm done. Like, there's there's nothing else that's going to come out but water. So it's obviously unclear. Yeah. Midnight. That night, I have to stop consuming everything. I can't Mm -hmm. even have water. Then we go to the the hospital. This is where Cass drops me off. Mm -hmm. And it's 6 a.m. I go through a bunch of nursing intake, all this stuff. They're like asking me a bunch of questions. Did you drink any water? Have you done? I'm like, no. They're like, good news. We can do surgery on you. Can they you put me in this. I know, right? Oh my god! <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> uh, so then they took me into this like pre-surgical suite, where I have my own nurse for this point, mm-hmm. and she's got me in this like. It's like a, a blanket. That's hooked to the wall that's shooting warm air into me. Because I'm nude underneath. Yeah. Like I have to be completely naked. Butt-ass naked, yeah. They've taken all my stuff and put it into plastic bags. <laughs> and again, like I have... Right after the, the week I have to spend in the hospital, mm-hmm. I have to stay another two weeks on the coast. So I've got luggage. I've got all kinds of stuff. Way more than they want me to have. Yeah. But I have no choice. Yeah. It's all got to be there. So they take all that stuff, and then they trundle me off into the surgical suite. Mm -hmm. Here is, like, there's two surgeons. There is uh, a resident surgeon, 
and then like a bunch of nursing staff. And it's like, get you on the table, get in the stirrups, and boom, you're out. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit intimidating. It is, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Had you ever had a surgery before? Uh, just on my lung. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, which was nowhere near this kind of... It, it was a similar experience, but not the same. Mm-hmm. When I look at the two side by side, mm-hmm. I think this surgery was much more... Because I was prepared for it ahead of time. Yeah. The uh, the first time it was, um, I kind of refer to it as front-loaded and back-loaded. Because mm-hmm. when I went for surgery the, the first time, I had no idea what was wrong with me when I went to the right. hospital. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, your lung is burst, so we're going to put you under suction. And they tried all these other things. And then they're like, eventually, mm-hmm. after you've been here for like two weeks and lying on your back and you're already feeling very weak, mm-hmm. now you're having surgery. Oh, oh, great. So it was kind of not something I was prepared for. And no. coming out, it, it was it was a little rough. Yeah. This time, surgery was day one. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting it. I knew what was happening. I was very prepared. Good. Mentally yeah. and physically. Yeah. And it's something you wanted. Exactly. Versus yeah. something that I had to have to yeah. repair something that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a way different experience. So you had the surgery and you said the last thing you were out like a light do you remember like what you were thinking before that moment or anything or did they get um, you to count back or anything like yeah, that yeah they had me count a little bit mm-hmm. and i remember like like this is something i've wanted for a very long time mm-hmm. and i wasn't having any kind of like regret or second thoughts mm-hmm. until like i'm lying down in the surgical suite and then i'm like It's a little late to back out now, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm out. (laughs) And then I wake up and I'm in recovery. Yeah. And I'm very woozy. This was, so the surgery started at 8. I was awake at Mm 2.30. And just like, where am I? What's going on? Okay. And they're checking on me. Are you in a lot of pain? And I wasn't really like... So how comparatively, uh, the pain levels were much less for this surgery, hmm. uh, especially considering how like invasive it really was. Yeah. When you think about it, Did like they... that's an area that is very tender. Yeah. Did they uh, like numb you up or anything as well? Or um, I was taking primarily ibuprofen and uh, Tylenol. That's it. Uh, no, it's okay. not it. <laughs> okay. uh, so my, during my hospital stay, they were also giving me dilaudid. Okay. Uh, and it was pretty much on a schedule of like every four hours. I was okay. getting something. Mm-hmm. And that was remarkably, like when you talk about the pain scale, mm-hmm. I was usually between a five and a six. So, so livable. Yeah, like very manageable. Yeah. Very manageable. So I'm in recovery suite, they've made sure everything's okay, and now they're trundling me off to my room. Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate that my uh, insurance, uh, work-provided insurance, Mm -hmm. uh, gave me access to a semi-private room. Amazing. So instead of having up to four people in there, it was just myself and one other person. Mm -hmm. And even then, that was only part-time I had another person there. Mm. Um, My first roommate was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I don't know what procedure she had done, but it was something to do with her jaw. 
and she was miserable. She was in so much pain, and she was arguing with her nursing staff about the painkillers, and her mom was in there trying to advocate for her, and it was just like, oh, God, will the two of you please leave? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So... (laughs) To kind of put you in the idea of what I've, where I am now, mm-hmm. I'm in hospital. I have this dressing that is covering up my nether regions, and it's got basically the backside exposed. But everything else is like, you ever watch cartoons and someone breaks their butt, and there's that cast yeah. that they have around there. That's what it felt like. Okay. It was an immovable, very, like structured dressing i'm just thinking cartoon claire yes <laughs> the broken butt yeah Yeah. no it was ridiculous and yeah. so like they encourage you to walk mm-hmm. which i was very like i'm stir crazy lying in bed yeah so yeah i get up and try to walk but i'm like walking around like john wayne just got off a horse because i cannot get my legs close together no i've got these two wound drains one out each side so mm-hmm. it's basically like a rubber bulb that they have squeezed closed mm-hmm. so that it's under pressure or yeah. under vacuum. And then it's slowly sucking any of the I have seen excess. those before. Yeah. yeah. So I've got one on each side, uh, just above the groin area. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a catheter and this huge dressing. I am a side sleeper. Oh, no. So I can't. I cannot lie on my side. Yeah. Or kind of, I could kind of like about like this, kind of half on my butt, yeah, half on my side, but still It's like, not the same. No, it was not the same at all. So sleeping was a bit of a challenge. They did give me something to assist with sleep. Oh, good. The first few days. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, at first it's like, you don't have to pee because you have the catheter, mm-hmm. but you still have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I've never had so many people interested in me passing gas or <laughs> voiding my bowels. Yep. And in fact, the first few times I had to void my bowels, someone wiped me. So having a grown ass adult mm-hmm. wiping your butt mm-hmm. is very You have to be as vulnerable as possible. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's very weird. Yeah. Um and the passing of gas, mm-hmm. uh, this was something that I don't know why I didn't think of it. But things about owning a vagina that Claire did not understand (laughs) was when you fart and you can feel it moving between your labia. Yep. It's very unsettling. I knew where this was going. Yeah. I knew. I knew it was going to be like that bubble of gas. Yes. Like all the way through. So weird (laughs) and very unsettling. Yeah. But yeah, so there were, and that was very interesting. So about five, so let's see, it was Monday I went in for surgery. Saturday is when they removed the dressing and the catheter. I still had the two wound drains, Mm -hmm. but dressing comes off, catheter comes out. Now I have people interested in whether or not I've actually been able to void my bladder, which means... Let me, the first time, they're like, we need to actually capture your urine to see how much is there. Oh, fair. And then we're going to ultrasound afterwards to see that you've actually emptied your bladder. Mm. Uh, All of this makes sense when you consider that everything has been rerouted. Mm -hmm. All of the plumbing has changed. Yep. So, 
they're doing their due diligence, but it's very, again, you're very vulnerable and it's off-putting. Yeah. But thankfully, I had some wonderful nursing staff who were very uh, understanding and touching. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. <laughs> but I've still got these two wound drains. And they have uh, a plastic bit that is about as long as your index finger mm-hmm. that's actually inside of you. Yeah. And they're super uncomfortable. So I still can't go sleep on my back. Yeah. My doctor comes in, the surgeon, who did the, the procedure. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, let me take a look here. Okay. So now uh, the first person to look at it is a man, which is a bit unsettling, but whatever. He's the one who made it. Mm-hmm. And he looks and he's like, oh, perfect. <laughs> which is reassuring. It is. Yeah. But also it's like, why don't you pat yourself on the back, mister? <laughs> yeah. Definitely if the surgeon says it's perfect that's like the best possible right. thing that could be said he didn't go uh-oh so exactly <laughs> exactly but at this point i am too scared to look myself mm-hmm. you'd think i'd want to mm-hmm. and i did but i'm also thinking i have this picture in my head of frankenstein's monster yeah that it's going to be just stitches and quilt work and bloody and nasty so i can't i can't even Force myself to look at this. And it was almost a full day. Not quite. It was like in the morning that they removed that, that night, I'm talking to my nurse about how scared I am to see it. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I need to see it anyway. So let me look. And she's like, oh, that doesn't look that bad at all. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll take a picture so I can see. She's like, well, I'll take the picture for you. She takes my phone, <laughs> takes a photo, and yeah. I look. And there she was. Yeah. And... Other than being swollen and bruised, Mm -hmm. which is to be expected, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, Are you familiar with Nikki Glaser at all? The name sounds familiar. She's a stand-up comic. Okay. She's a little bit raunchy. Mm -hmm. And she did this bit on Conan, which was hilarious, where she's like, I don't like porn Mm -hmm. because it doesn't represent me. Anytime you see a vagina in porn, it's this perfect little slit line. Mm-hmm. She's like, mine doesn't look like that at all. Mine looks like a hastily packed suitcase. Fabric flying out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is quite a lot of women have that. Yeah. And that's probably more normal than the slit. But mm-hmm. I do have the porn perfect vagina. Ooh. I have to say, it does yeah. look just beautiful. That's exciting. So it, it, it was very exciting. Yeah. So that was Saturday. Monday was when I was due to be released. So I, I'm spending the weekend here. I've got a little bit more freedom of movement because the dressing is off. I'm able to wipe myself. I'm able to pee. I'm learning how to pee <laughs> like properly, which yeah. that was fun too because being all swollen, the urine is not coming out in a stream. No. <laughs> It's like kind of going everywhere. It's on my thighs. It's going on my bum. Like it was kind of messy. Poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. But they're they they're like expect this. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was fun. And then they took out the drains on Monday, and I was free to be released. Yeah. Exciting. I know. Yeah. Actually, I think. uh, Did you ever watch I Am Jazz? I haven't. Okay. So it is about like a very young transgender 
woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and she went through the procedure. God, I don't know how old she was. She like, was quite young. She was like yeah. 17, 18, yeah. something like that. And the peeing thing was one of her biggest things. And she actually had to get like a revision or something because it just wasn't... Wasn't doing it right. It wasn't doing it right. Yeah. yeah. So after you were discharged from the hospital, you were on the coast for another two weeks because there was a lot to do even after the surgery. Yeah, they they needed to have me come in for uh, checkups Mm -hmm. uh, just to ensure everything was healing properly. Mm -hmm. I was staying with some friends who live in Langley and they had a wonderful like over their garage kind of suite that Mm. had a bathroom and all of this stuff. So, I mean, like I had to climb these stairs every day. Oh, gosh. But, you know, they had it all set up for me. Yeah. Uh, Nice futon and a big screen TV that was right there that I could just watch stuff on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had everything set up for me, which was wonderful. That two weeks was kind of rough because there was some complications during this time where I would be lonely so i'd want to go and, and visit my friend downstairs mm-hmm. and then just even sitting on my donut mm-hmm. was like too much and i was getting some bleeding right. and some separation of of sutures that's what we were talking about a couple times i mean claire and i have grown to be like pretty good friends over the last year i would say and uh, we talk multiple times a week, but of course, during all of this process, I was like, how are you today? Mm-hmm. And the day you said there was separation, I was like, oh, oh shit. Like, yeah. what What do you even do, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, sadly, there's nothing. Yeah. Other than, the, like, my, my wound care nurse was like, you need to lie down in bed. Mm-hmm. You cannot be sitting for long periods of time, mm-hmm. which meant being upstairs in this attic room by myself Mm -hmm. so outside of like talking to people through facebook messenger Mm -hmm. i really was quite lonely and it was i just wanted to be home i wanted to be in my new apartment i wanted my kitties Mm -hmm. like it was very rough in that respect Mm -hmm. but then i had to go funny enough the first meeting i didn't even need to they're like don't even come in oh just (laughs) take some pictures Mm -hmm. And we'll do the appointment over the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, couldn't I have done this at home? <laughs> yeah. And then, so the second week, I, I actually, I got a ride into most of the way to VGH. Or no, yeah, it was VGH. I had to take the SkyTrain and a bus back to Langley afterwards. So it ended up being quite a lot of sitting around, mm-hmm. which they, of course, didn't want me doing. But there was no choice. Like, I had to, I had to do it to get into there and back. Yeah. So then I have a ride all set up to come and pick me up. And it happens to be when this huge snowstorm had hit the Okanagan, hit the coast, the connector, the passes were were like snowed right in. So my ride was like, I can't, I'm sorry, I cannot drive down there. It's just too dangerous. I'm like, I completely understand, but Mm -hmm. I need to get home. So trying to find a plane at the last minute and there's nothing that costs less than like 400, 500 bucks. So usually they're, they're more than that sometimes mm-hmm. too. It's ridiculous how expensive it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I managed to find a bus, which I didn't even think there were buses still running, but there is apparently a bus line. Hmm. So we booked a bus for about 70, 80 bucks and got a ride in the most packed 
ridiculously packed bus. It was like sardines in a can. Yeah. Just terrible. Super uncomfortable. And finally, I'm back in the Okanagan. And that was uh, great. But of course, I got very sick on the bus. Mm-hmm. Being as isolated as I was. Yeah, I'm just like, I haven't been around anybody and now I'm exposed to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the first two weeks at home was spent lying in bed, sick as a dog. With a new vagina. With a new vagina. Uh, uh. And then again, I had to be like, yeah, bed rest, yada, yada. And I'm so stir crazy by this point. I've spent a month lying in bed. I just want to go out. Yeah. And so I I go out. And now I've had separation again. So, again... Bed rest. Claire, stop pushing yourself. Yeah. And you don't even think you are pushing it because you're like, I just need to go to the cafe for a coffee. Exactly. Right? And that's all I was doing. But I would sit there for a couple hours and that's putting strain on the sutures. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was quite a bit of recovery in that respect for sure. I was just, yeah, out of my mind with boredom and isolation and just not being able to do what I want. I did have my kitties, thankfully. Mm-hmm. They were very lovely. Good. Yeah. Missed the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate. My ex came down during the whole time I was down on the coast. She was taking care of the cats mm-hmm. and my place and set it up for me. So it was all very nice when I got home. That's awesome. So something you were doing to pass the time while you were in the hospital was blogging your food. And it was actually quite hilarious from... A viewer standpoint, so why don't you tell us about that? Uh, honestly, it was something, it was very amusing for me too. This is something that I, I I did the first time I was in hospital because you're literally tied to a bed for much of this time. You're bored out of your mind and then they bring you this tray of food. And, you know, I don't want to disrespect interior health or any of the healthcare systems we have here in BC. I know it's hard to to feed everybody and keep things, you know, healthy as well as uh, tasty, mm-hmm. but a lot of this food is horrible. Yep. <laughs> and so what I was doing was I would, I would play this game essentially where it's like, what is Claire eating today? And I would photo my meal and post it on Facebook. And I would, ha- I had people who were looking forward to this. Like mm-hmm. just, oh, what's Claire eating for dinner tonight? I did. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was Especially with this, because I, I was on a restricted diet that was very much trying to keep my bowel or my, yeah, my bowel movements soft so there's no straining because mm-hmm. we don't want to put any strain on those sutures. Yeah. So everything was kind of geared towards moving through you easily and quickly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of tomato soup, which drove me bananas because not once did I get a grilled cheese. Um, and twice a day, like you would get tomato soup at lunch and then again at dinner. Things that should be illegal. Yeah, Serving tomato soup without grilled cheese, yep. Uh, now, uh, granted a couple of those dinners were quite tasty, but for Mm -hmm. the most part, just bland and horrible. And I I had this wonderful person who may be sitting next to me (laughs) send me a DoorDash coupon and said, here, on me, have something... (laughs) That's not horrible. Yep. <laughs> and so I ordered a pizza 
And I ate that sucker, and it was the best pizza ever. <laughs> and I, I have to admit, my bowels did not like me the next day. No. I was, I was having a bit of trouble, <laughs> but I didn't care. Nope. I didn't care because I had had some wonderful food that was not this. It was not tomato soup. Yep. <laughs> what are some things you wish you knew or had done ahead of time before the surgery? Uh, okay, so that's a, that's a really good question. So, so this was not so much a part for me, although it kind of was. Uh, and this is something they just don't tell you when you, are, when you are trans and you are going to get this particular surgery or any of the uh, vaginoplasties, whether you're partial or full depth. Mm-hmm. So your depth is very reliant on the girth and length that you, are, that you already have. Oh, I wouldn't have thought about that. No. No. And when you start taking hormones, that starts to shrink. Yes, we talked about that the last time. Exactly. I didn't I didn't even like think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was told with a partial depth I would be able to have about eight centimeters depth. Mm-hmm. Ended up I only got about five centimeters. Oh wow. Right. That's not very much at all. It's really not. No. So what I found out after the fact, and only because I happen to be following people on Twitch and Twitter that are also trans, mm. that if you want to have a good depth, then you need to do things. There's uh, creams that have testosterone in them oh. that you can apply to the penis to keep that length and girth Without affecting your hormone treatment. Right, because it's just a topical... Yeah, because it's just that area. Yeah. So if you want to have a 15 centimeter depth, or for Mm -hmm. partial, you want to have an 8 centimeter depth, you need to have that kind of in mind when you go into the hormone treatment. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you will lose a lot of just the material. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of wish that that had been talked about, like, at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just something that they don't tell you. No. So, again, just through networking, I'm able to f- to, to find this out. Mm-hmm. And it's only because, again, like, there's so little information about trans health. Mm-hmm. And especially uh, the, when you get to the surgical side of it. So that's one thing I wish I had known. I do wish that it hadn't been such a rush to make all of this happen and that it hadn't coincided with me moving. Mm-hmm. Because there was things that I should have had set aside all ready to go like the the material that i needed for recovery just as an example they want to have a vaginal rinse kit oh like where do you even get that from right exactly so i went looking Mm -hmm. and there's nowhere locally i was able to get one in penticton i would have had to order one yeah either online Mm -hmm. or have a pharmacy bring one in Huh. And by the point that I realize that I need this, mm-hmm. I'm already on EI and getting only 55% of my wage. Yeah. So I'm too broke to even afford these things. Right. Yeah. So just to know, like, with any amount of lead time, mm-hmm. to have saved up some money for the th- the things required for this uh, recovery. Yeah. I mean, because you have, you have to have your donut cushion. Yeah. That's 40 bucks. You've mm-hmm. got to get saline solution. Or make it yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to have this other uh, liquid, about 10 bucks a bottle for mm-hmm. 
to mix with your saline so you can rinse out yeah. uh, and keep things clean and sterile. Mm-hmm. You need lube. Yeah, there's so many things that they require. Yeah. That it's a cost upfront kind of. You just gotta invest. Totally, in it and as I well. I feel like even when you start the hormone replacement, that that kind of stuff would be good to know at that point, even if it does take. Because you were five years doing that, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the very beginning, to know that kind of stuff. So right. if you start making friends with other trans people, you'd be like, oh, I'll buy your donut cushion off of you, or where did you get your donut exactly. cushion, or where did you get your your rinse kit? Because I mean, some of the stuff is probably time sensitive, like liquids and all of that. But a donut cushion doesn't go bad. And yeah, it would have it would have been very helpful to have mm-hmm. that info kind of ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even when, because it's. From when I did my surgical consults, which you require two uh, different doctors to sign off on this surgery. Yeah. If they had given me the info then. Yeah. Because that was years ago I did those. So like two or three years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been nice to have been given that info far, far ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, and so then you been even able could to... have put the money aside for it yeah, at that point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But... I mean, it is what it is. I've come through it reasonably unscathed. Yeah. There's just not enough information. So me going through it and not knowing it, well, I can at least share that and kind of help people to to understand that there is, you know, things that they that they don't tell you. Mm-hmm. So if you can network with people who've gone through it before mm-hmm. and kind of find what worked for them and what didn't, it's very important, I think, for for trans folk to communicate with each other and Mm -hmm. be their own advocates and did you have that kind of support did you find people to talk to beforehand i didn't really until after because like that whole the the bit with with the topical cream and whatnot i literally did not find out until like about a month ago wow yeah and it was just because i was i was in recovery and i'm watching this uh, trans woman on on twitter Mm -hmm. and talking about what i've gone through yeah and she was like oh well you can do this, or you could have done that. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I wish I'd known. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's really interesting, all of this stuff, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so was there anything on the surgical side that you wish you would have known, or was that pretty well all gone over? That was gone over. They, they were very good explaining the procedure. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, they could have gone into much greater detail, but my, my ability to take in... Yeah what was about to happen like they because they they had uh a visual of the procedure and they're like we can give you the comic book version or we can give you actual photos of it oh wow and i opted for the comic book version because i'm like i can't see the gore thank you totally i did actually to know what you were going through i looked it up and i wanted to see like what it looks like after Mm because i had never i had never looked at it before and it was it was very interesting but right. of course, a lot of them were like right after surgery. It was very swollen, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like that looks painful. But yeah, no, it's it's very cool hearing all of this. So, do you have any final thoughts or feelings about everything you've been through? So I kind of glossed over this. Actually, I don't even think I mentioned it. <laughs> when I was in Langley, still, I had a moment where I was using the bathroom. And I stood up, and there was the mirror in front of me. And for the first time in my life, I didn't have that voice in my head, the the dysphoria voice, Mm -hmm. that uh, mean girl Mm -hmm. saying, who the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. I actually just saw a woman 
And even though I was a little bruised and swollen, Mm -hmm. literally there wasn't this bit there. And, and I just, it was like, I almost wept. Yeah. Like I almost burst into tears at that moment just to go, oh my God, yes, it's, this is real. Yeah. So everything I went through, all the pain, all the suffering, all the loneliness, all the lying in bed, going crazy was a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. And I would go through it again and again and again Mm -hmm. because I now don't have that voice for the most part. I'm not going to say that I'm 100% free of her because we all have those days where we get up and see, look at ourselves, and we're like, oh, God, really? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I wish this was different about me or whatever. But, like, that's far more the dysmorphia than dysphoria. Yeah. And I think so many women suffer from that. And it's cultural. It's to do with our society. Far more than it is to do with the separation of my brain thinking I should be this way and my body being a different way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think things are coming up, Claire. Yeah, that's exciting. And then I just think it's so beautiful that even though it wasn't obviously 100% and it probably won't be 100% for some time still, that you were able to see it and just be like, That's me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that is everything we have for today. So thank you so much, Claire, for coming on for a second episode and talking about the surgery and all of these things that, of course, just regular folk like myself wouldn't even know about. Well, even regular (laughs) folk like myself don't know about it. So I'm very happy to have come and thank you for giving giving me this outlet. Yeah, of course. And hopefully we'll have you back for another episode. I would love to. Yeah. Maybe less me focused. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can follow Claire on Instagram at Claire Nissa. Yeah. And uh, you can follow me over at Pillow Talk Studios and join the Facebook group Pillow Talk Studios. Pillow Talk Studios exclusive VIP group. It is a mouthful to say. It is, but it's a wonderful group. It's a wonderful group. You should definitely join. Yes, for sure. And everybody have a fantastic day, and thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Bye.